Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It is time now for another edition of Colch Narrow Chat. We are back in your ears. Our first pod since the end of the Man City tie, Robbie. Yeah, yeah, a lot has happened. Uh, well, a lot has happened and nothing has happened either. Mm. <laughs> Just knocked out by City and uh, fighting for Atletico fighting for their Champions League lives. I, th- I think we can talk about it very briefly about uh, how that tie went. The second leg at the Wanda Metropolitana was a wild one. Um, were you surprised that Atleti were able to stay in it as long as they did, that they left themselves a fighting chance to advance to the semifinal? Yeah, and I think it actually kind of follows on from the trend of what... Um, or or not, not, not follows on from a trend, but I think it might have started a trend that City look a little bit more beatable than they have in, in, in recent weeks. And mm. uh, I know they bet Brighton last night 3-0... But they didn't get the first goal until until uh, until, um, until the hour mark. Liverpool obviously gave them a bit of a battering, but Liverpool were on just a different level completely. But yeah, I was very surprised. I thought I thought it showed uh, an uncertainty uh, about them and how how capable they are of withstanding that kind of pressure. So, for example, they play Real Madrid in in the, in the semi final now and. If Real Madrid start to lay it on thick at some point, I just wonder will City be able to withstand it? And and I think that Pep shows 
there are certain kind of managers he doesn't like, uh, and, and Jurgen Klopp is the main one. It, he's his arch nemesis, and, hmm. and I mean, uh, it, there's a certain type of intensity that that Guardiola um, teams don't like, and I think. Jurgen Klopp is the only one crazy enough to go on and play like that against him and capable of coaching a team to be able to do that. But Simeone, yeah, they gave them a, a run for their money and and um, I think uh, yeah, I, I think it was it was quite well played by Simeone. But in the end, it was the the, the efforts were futile. At the same time, I mean, it, it counts for nothing. And I think that's something we could probably get into. But yeah. I, I just. In the yeah, end, it just wasn't kinda... it just wasn't quite good enough. But it was pretty close, and uh, who knows if Felipe doesn't get sent off for kicking out at Phil Foden, maybe they do end up getting that equalizer. We don't know, but yeah, I think there was a lot of pride around the team, and for a lot of the supporters, it was a very proud moment to go in that second half toe to toe with City. And I think questions can be asked about should Simeone have opened the floodgates a little bit earlier? Should he have made a couple substitutions earlier than he did? Um, it's the fine margins and the fine details like that that keep putting Atleti out at the latter stages of the Champions League. Yeah, but I, I don't know though, man. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm torn here because I, I don't know if you listen to the Second Captain's podcast. It's an Irish podcast. Uh, oh yeah, Ken Early is. Yeah, so Ken Early is, is, is excellent, and he was excellent on on Simeone. Um, after the after the after that game, and he like. I think maybe people who follow Spanish football have drank the Kool-Aid and I don't mean that hmm. I mean it's, it's, see it's so hard to talk about because Simeone has the best I, I, I don't even like having to say this he's the best manager in, in Atletico Madrid's history okay and I, and I completely understand that but there has to come a point where it's where, 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 where that kind of uh Ken Early, what Ken Early said was, Simeone is gaslighting us, basically. He's a gaslighter. Talking and, and talking about this, this transmitting the, this energy from the crowd, never seen it before. And it's just saying, basically, well, I mean, we, we have seen that before. Like, it's not really that special. And I understand that, like, <laughs> like, it's, like, the unity between the fans and the team, like, it's just a, uh, uh, it's just a fan group singing for their team, like, and 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 I think that, uh, and also, I just happened to listen to BBC in our Times uh, podcast about charisma, and it was basically about Max Weber's uh, theory of of charisma and what it is, and it's almost like a, a spiritual. It, it's 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 almost like a, a religious experience, and, right. and and the and people people with huge amounts of charisma, they 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 talk about or not they talk about, but they, it's like they're transmitting something, to to, the rest of the people, and I think Simeone does that, and he's kind of it's as if he's transmitting something to the fans, and they they feel part of something that that makes them. Um, feel alive and, mm-hmm. and 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 I and I completely get that and I and I understand that he, he and he, he does he, he Simeone does his charisma but I just wonder has he become a bit of a parody of himself and I said that six months ago when he when he ran down the when he used to like grabbing his balls against Juventus and then getting hmm. beaten three 0 in the second leg. Like and, and and like running down the side running down the the, the, the dugout uh, after a game, not shaking hands like this kinda intense and then ultimately losing, uh, losing to Manchester City, being knocked out of the or not not knocked out, but basically being out of the league by November, December, uh, losing to 
to uh, Mallorca. Mallorca twice. Mallorca twice, and then drawing with Granada yesterday. Mallorca twice. Yeah, Levante. Like at what point? And and, and then talking as if it's some it's some group of uh, pickup soccer league they're playing. Like they've got they've got Joe Felix and Antoine Griezmann and Angel Correa, and I mean we're not talking about a bunch of scrubs here. I don't know, man. I just, I, I think, I think, um, and, and my analogy for this is that, um, so say for example, you're building a house, okay, and 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 you need to bring in a bricklayer to lay the brick, like, and and that's a very specific job. If the bricklayer does a very good job, you don't say, oh, do you know what? You did such a good job there. Why don't you stick around and build a roof too? No, because that's not what he. You you can't. He doesn't build roofs. You know what I mean? He builds like foundations. Yeah. Exactly. And Simeone started from the bottom, brought Atletico here, and needs to be credited with that. Absolutely incredible. But I just think, as we saw again last night, Atletico just had no ideas. After the first 15 minutes, when when they kind of went helter-skelter, and, and, and Granada held them at bay, and, and they were. They did look good for that first 10 or 15 minutes. I was like thinking, this might be 3 or 4-0 here. But Granada withstood the pressure held them off and all of a sudden the referee might as well have blown it up there and then it was all and it was nil all and that was it they, they weren't scoring and 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 they didn't even land a blow okay Cunha hit the post late on and, and and that and i think Cunha is something that we need to talk about here because he's he offers so much to to, to a team that lacks any kind of dynamism mm. and i just think that i just think that like granada are arguably the worst team in the league they were battered the week before, and the manager came out and said, "We are not at at the level. We are not competitive. We we're just not there." Uh, and, and and Atletico, the mighty Atletico, go out and draw nil all with them at home, and barely land a blow on them. Come on, man! I mean, at what point are we are we are we starting to to task a couple of questions while remaining? respectful to, to, to Simeone and also understanding that there have been injuries there have been but like every year it's like a rebuild oh next year is going to be the year and I just wonder like at what point does someone somewhere say look man you brought us as far as you can it's it's time maybe to start looking elsewhere well, Robbie it looks, it looks like you're doing that man you're, you're raising your hand and saying it's me I'm the one saying this <laughs> I'm the one saying, and I'll take all right. No, no, but like, no, but I, I just wonder. I mean, I, and I, and I kind of, and, and look, I, I get the fact that um, the fans will never turn their back on them, and they do owe them a certain amount of loyalty, and I completely yeah. get that. But at the same time, like any kind of rational analysis of this needs to accept the fact that Atletico have been awful all year. And, and I understand that the moral victory against Man City was wonderful and lovely and wow, what a, what a team. What a, but at the same time, it, it didn't work. Um, and everyone's saying, oh, like what might have been? I would say, do you know what? If you actually had, had gone at City, maybe you could have troubled them. They had played Liverpool on the Sunday before that game and their legs were, were obviously tired. They had played Atletico then Liverpool, then Atletico, and at Liverpool the next day, and we're pro- or there in, 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 at the weekend, and we're probably thinking to themselves, like, this is, like, the mental, why not play on that? Instead of just sitting back and for the first half an hour and then going, and then, oh, what might have been? 
I don't know, man. I just, I just, I, and, and I often feel like you know, you know the way like sometimes when you're when you're kind of completely against the crowd, and you know, like I'm not, I'm not. Um, I, I listen to other Spanish football podcasts, and 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 the criticism. There's been no real criticism of, of Simeone, and I and I and I can understand why. But then I listen to people who haven't drank the Kool Aid, for example, like like Ken Early and and on the second captains, and I'm just like, oh my god, he is after hitting the nail square on the head. This is exactly what's going on, and yeah, man. And then, like, I think while remaining respectful to what Simeone has done, I think I think it's time to serious. It's time for a serious conversation here, you know. I, I think you and I have done a, a pretty good job on the show this year of of criticizing Cholo and the tactics and the strategies, and especially the recruitment, how it's been utilized when it's been warranted, and it's been warranted a lot this season. Uh, and I think this is a pretty good segue into talking about yesterday's game. At the end of the show, we're going to talk about one of the the biggest stories currently happening in Spanish football: the leaks from El, Confiden- uh, El Confidencial. But l- let's let's talk about Wednesday's game, Robbie. A really dreadful game to watch, just objectively. Goalless draw at the Wanda Metropolitano. Uh, Sid Lowe tweeted this last night, and I quote tweeted it from the Into the Calderon Twitter account. Um, if Atletico had picked up, let's just say, against the the current bottom five, right? So you have Mallorca, Cadiz, Granada, Levante, and Alaves in the current bottom five. Atletico lost twice to Mallorca. They beat Cadiz twice. They lost and drew, and drew with Granada, lost and drew with Levante, lost and then beat Alaves. If you pick up, instead of, I think it's five points out of 21 against the bottom five, right? If you pick up 16 of 21 points, which still isn't a great return, but it's certainly a lot better than, what, five right now? Uh, Atleti would be three points behind Madrid with five games and a head-to-head meeting in the Derby in a couple weeks still to go. They would be in with a shout to win the league for the second year running if they could just beat the teams that they are supposed to beat. But I, I think this is something that you are hinting at, and I'm going to outright say it now. Atletico under Simeone have had problems breaking down low blocks for years. Uh, it hasn't steadily or consistently improved from one year to the next. Uh, that's just something that is we we kind of have to accept, that after 10 years in charge, Diego Simeone's Atletico still has serious problems breaking down a low block. I mean, 22 shots and one on target at home against Granada. Like, 17th place Granada. Second worst or worst defense in the league with 56 goals conceded. They've scored twice in the last five games. Like, come on, man. Like, this is one that Atleti had to have. Because if you win this game, you go six clear of Real Betis. You go provisionally eight clear of Real Sociedad. You practically clinch your place in the top four. And these final five games do not take on the significant outsized importance they now take on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And and, and, and I don't even... I mean... Lots of lots of teams can struggle to break down down um, down low low blocks, and, and it is a hard thing to do. But and and, and, and Barcelona, for example, has struggled against Cadiz uh, yep. at times, and then th- these things happen, and you lose two one to them because they they sit and they break, and that's fine. For me, it's more about the, the like from a a more kind of overall view. It's like it's just there's no risk being taken. There's no, there's no willingness to take a risk. There's a fear of risk, and and this is what I'm talking about. The the, the the like Simeone's style having no redeeming qualities. He doesn't even, 
play youngsters uh, or lean on the academy. I, I know he played his son. He gave his son a, a, a debut last night, and he and, played. And Serrano started. I thought, and I thought Serrano played really well. And, and took him off. Um, yeah, took him off at halftime though. Uh, yeah, and 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 this is kind of like Giuliano, his son, like. Um, la- it's last resort kind of stuff last very last resort um, and, and I get the fact that he unites the fan base and it's great and it's all Atletico against the world and all that but like talking about it from an objective point of view like uh, it's I have a friend who was a season ticket holder for three years and, and, and he like he, he does he didn't renew and he's saying basically like, how did I watch this for three years how, how did I actually sit and go to, and make the, an, an effort to travel to the Wanda Metropolitano for, for three years. It's a, it's um, a, it's an it acquired taste. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, and 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 and, and I mean, we keep blaming the players, and me and you were texting, and we were like, oh well, this guy's not. Oh, man, I mean, look, it's Granada. I mean, it's, it's Granada are... exactly. They're on their third coach of the season, and you're at home. Yeah, like, I know they had a really exhausting yeah. game against Espanol on Sunday. They had half a dozen players out. João Felix Tomalema out for the season, which is that's a double blow for Atleti, two of their most creative, impactful players. But come on, man! Like it, it's Granada. How do you get land one shot on target against Granada, who have won once from the last fifteen games? And and you're saying there that the Espanol game was tough, but that was at home. That was at against home too. a team who are they 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 pretty much staved off um uh, they staved off relegation yeah. Espanol. Basically, I don't think they're going to get dragged into it. No. Um, and they've they've been they've been they've had they've got their sandals on ready for the beach for the last couple of months, and you're still only beating them with a last minute penalty. And it's just this, um, it's just this, and you get oh well the injuries and all. It's like man, it's been like this. It's been like this. Yeah, um, it it becomes less of a viable and feasible excuse the more you see it, right? Like this is how Atletico have played. Other than about a six-week spell, this is how they've played most of the season. And that's why this season has been largely not very fun to watch or cover, because they just haven't been particularly good at all. Yeah, and, and I'll give you an example. And I mean, and, and, and the, the problem here is that we don't have alternative universes to look to, 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 to um, compare. Like, actually, just Ken Early said on the... On the on the podcast, he was talking about Joe Felix. He was like, you've got a 126 million euro... Uh, attacker who you seem to hate like you, you hate him and I'm just like you, you, it, it's, it's almost like and I can understand this because I, I played sports as, uh, and, and, and you've got different managers and different coaches and some some managers are just incapable of seeing a player a player needs to be treated a little bit differently like in terms of this guy is special and he needs to be treated like that. And I know that you can't outright come out and say it and say, here, look, you don't have to defend. But, like, a really, really, really top manager at a top club can understand that. And he can, without impl- um, without explicitly stating it, he can say, Joe, you just go and be you. Instead of forcing him for three years, and I know there was injuries, and I know that there was uh, worries or... or um, uh, issues with not defending stuff, but like it's taken three years to get something out of him to get this and, run and, of this run of form out of him, yeah. And, and even this run of form, it's it's not even like he's taken over games. He's he's it's moments of his beauty shining through in spite of 
the system that he's playing in and we're like oh brilliant what a what a what a what a um um what a performance or what what a uh, coach Simeone is that he's after um he's after getting this out of out of you know Felix but like man it's been 3 years like and and we've seen so many players leave atletico because they couldn't adjust because they 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 did have special qualities that weren't like he broke Lamar down until he got it, and 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 you know, and even you even see tweets. I saw a tweet from um, Sam Tai from from the the uh, I think it's the Ranks FC podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah Sam, and, and Sam was like, it's it's. I think it was Sam. Sorry, I, I might be attributing falls attributing a quote, but it's it's, <laughs> it's hard to, to think that. No, no, but but it, but it, it's mad to think that like we're we're all oh, Thomas Lamar. What? A, what? A, this is great. This is great. He costs eighty six million euro, and we're championing him being average, a slightly above average, you know. And it's kind of like he's better than that. And in a better team, he would be better than that. And, and we only have the lens we currently have to look at it through. But you put Joe Felix in another team. Um, in, in, in uh, Villarreal, for example, just for example, and I can guarantee you, he is tearing it up and being given opportunities to 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 to, to play. And I just think that, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I just I just don't think it's good enough, and and that's it. And it can I can and 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 I I can understand people listening to this getting angry and oh well, injuries and you no respect for Simeone and you can't, but like. I, I, I completely do and I understand that Diego Simeone has been like put a statue of the man outside the Wanda seriously he's been that good but it's time for something new and something fresh and like 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 for example the Champions League shouldn't even be in doubt at the moment and yet still Atletico are fighting and right. you know I, I yeah I, yeah I actually missed I missed the um, I missed I, I missed this I don't know what what I was doing but uh, the, on the Spanish football podcast they were talking about um, about how they had a meeting saying listen like you if, if you uh, there was a meeting between the players and management and and, and, and the directors and saying basically that we need we need top four like if you don't get top four this the squad is getting torn apart and some of you are gonna have to leave and not make as much money etc right like man and i understand the business of football is a completely different thing we we, we don't under, you don't understand it unless you're in it and you see just how how motivated how, how money driven the whole thing is but like that's that's not man that's weird like we're talking with simeone the, the charismatic leader and they're having to have meetings like that in the middle of a year when we talked about them winning la liga at what point does it just you know, and look, and and I, I guess look, I made my point, and I'm not, uh, and uh, it's just kind of. I, I also just find it weird that. Uh, why isn't? Yeah, it's just weird. I, I like this because yeah, you're, you're like you're particularly ornery today, Robbie, and you're particularly unconcerned <laughs> with popularity. I like this. <laughs> no, but I was I was uh, I was listening to that. I was listening to those podcasts, and I and, and I was thinking this, and, I, and I'm in a, a couple of WhatsApp groups with Spanish football fans that mates of mine and we're just talking and like and, and I, uh, it just kind of hit me all at once I'm like this is this is weird what is actually happening yeah and Ken Early outlined it and said that he's he's, he's gaslighting he's a gaslighter you know and, and, he, and it's like has he become a parody of himself and like he's not going to care what I think but I, I, man like 
Yeah, I think he has, to be honest with you, at this point. Like, there's there's really little reason for this season to have been as bad as it has been, right? We've spent a lot of the season talking about how Atletico have been hammered by injuries. Okay, like, injuries happen to everyone, but not 40-plus of them, right? Atletico are nearing another 50-injury season, which is absurd. We, we've spent a lot of the season talking about the injuries, uh, the tactical uncertainty, the poor form from key players at various points, and there's also just been pure variance. Like, Atletico have conceded a bunch of goals that they would not have conceded five, six, seven years ago, right? Um, but I, I think what we have tried to distill throughout this season on various episodes of the program is how much of this is Simeone's to blame, like how much blame should be assigned into which party. Like, it sometimes just there's this weird conflation, a weird confluence of events that, that happen, and they all happen at once. Like, everything happening all at once, and that is what has happened to Atletico this season. But basically, yeah, I mean, the, the, the main point is that Atletico should not be fighting this hard to get into the Champions League, right? This is a team that is among the 15 top revenue-earning clubs in Europe. Uh, they should not be struggling this mightily just to finish in the top four. Now, I think it's, it, yeah. it speaks well of the the parity, that it, the relative parity throughout La Liga now that Atleti cannot seem to beat bottom five teams anymore. And Simeone didn't have an answer for it at the press conference after the game yesterday. But still, with, with as much talent as Atletico have and with as many options as they have, particularly in attack, th- this should not... It shouldn't be squeaky bum time entering the final five weeks of the season. Yeah, and and like just back to the point about the injuries, and I completely understand that you can't really, you can't really uh, blame Simeone for that. But it, but it also speaks to a wider trend of run them, run the life out of them. Yeah, the the, the, intensi- kind of, like, the intensity on. of Cholo's football is the intensity of Cholismo. It, it's not for everyone, certainly not. Yeah, but like the wrong kind of intensity <laughs> you know, it's mm. not like it's not like Jurgen Klopp's um, Liverpool who are who are um, really intense and okay we'll take a few injuries because of the style of play and it's so much fun this is rock and roll and then you were like man it was like 70 minutes gone yesterday and I was like this is just I'm actually I'm about to fall asleep yeah they didn't start playing until the 75th or 80th minute yesterday and that was the worst part yeah. of it for me is that they, they could not be they couldn't get a lay a glove on Granada until the final fifteen minutes. Yeah, and even when they did, then it was kind of like, okay, send a few balls into the box, and Granada. I, I don't even think Granada rattled, to be honest with you. And uh, okay, Cunha hit the post, but like, aside from that, Savage sent a cross uh, header wide. But uh, you know, like, I, I don't know, like, uh, so so that speaks to a wider trend of just kind of, and 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 I I do understand that, and this might be part of. Uh, Simeone's downfall too, and that he is very loyal to the people who he he's have been with him and who trusts he trusts and stuff like that. And and I get that too. Like I mean, I'm not I'm not going to fault him for that. Uh, but 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 even just being able to say, look, like relax, like we need to take a look at the injury crisis here. And there's even not really much said about that. Like if that happened under Marcelo Bielsa, for example, that would be. Okay, not front front page news, but it'd be like a talking point. Yeah, Bielsa too hard. Get it? You can't. You know, and it's kind of like it's mentioned at Simeone, and then it's just like forgotten about. And I think, uh, yeah, I think, and this is part of Simeone's charisma, and that he's able to manage the press quite well, and he's able to kind of uh, work the fans up into a frenzy. Uh, and and he and also just back to the uh, about Man City when he said like a. Uh, a fish, a fish dies through the mouth. Yes. Like talking Pep, and like Pep, Pep didn't even say anything. 
Like Pep just said, it's hard to score on a five five zero. <laughs> I, I think it was more toward like former coaches and players like Dean Saunders and Marco Van Basten who were uh, who granted they were asked these questions, but they were very pointed critics of of Chile's mode of style, and that's the fir- that was a little jarring to me because that's the first time that I've seen or heard Simeone like directly address that and get really visibly upset about it. Like it really rattled yeah. him. It really affected him. Yeah, yeah. But did it though, or is that just kind of like a, a, a or you think it's more gaslighting? Yeah, like yeah, like say nothing, like say we'll 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 sort it out on the field, and then go out and it's like oh, the mate of Simeone grows, um, and not mate, not 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 in that sense, but like it, right now it's kind of it's kind of getting to the point, man. I just I just can't understand why it's not being questioned. But but back to the point about uh, fighting for top four. There's no shame in fighting for top four, like in 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 a, in a really really good league. But man, to be honest with you, like La Liga is struggling at the moment. Like I mean, it's probably been the worst. It's the worst the league in, in in a while. Real Madrid, I mean, I don't know, fifteen, like that. Real Madrid are fifteen points ahead, and I mean, not not to not to uh, not to disrespect Real Madrid, who are fifteen points ahead and in a Champions League semi final, but they're not world beaters, and like Barcelona under Xavi just. I mean, I know there's been lots of talk, and and we were like, we got a bit excited after the Classico, and people were like, oh my god, they're back, and 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 and, and that. But but like, I'm not, I'm I'm not convinced by them. But then you got, I don't know. There's just like, uh, I think there was there was a league there for the for the taking for Atletico this season, and they just couldn't do it. Oh, I absolutely agree. It, I absolutely agree. There was, and it's a good thing they won the league last year, or this would be spoken about. Far more as un fracaso, right? Un, un vergüenza, una pena. Yeah. This would be much, much worse if they weren't the defending champions. Like, this was a winnable league. Absolutely it was. This Madrid team, like, as you said, I, like, I'm not going to denigrate them either, but they are, they're going to end up winning this league by 15 points. And they're not 15 points better than Atletico Barcelona Sevilla. I know that's what the table says, but winning this league by 15 points, double digits at all, really, is very strange. You know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so it's just it's just um, bizarre that um, that Atletico just but the, and and you could say oh and and this is the kind of problem where you start getting bogged down in the details. Well, that game, oh yeah, guess what happened? No, but like just overall, every not every but the podcast we've done, like I remember the Getafe game, the Espanol game, the Alavés game, and you're just like this is just not a very good team. Yeah. And yet we're being told that they, oh, they're so close. They're so close. In reality, I just don't actually think that that's true. Like they're so close if they make half a dozen signings this summer. Like if they nail this summer, which contingent upon that is getting into the Champions League. If they nail this summer, then I I think they could be pretty dang good next year. But it, it depends on a bunch of variables. Like how are Atletico going to raise funds? Uh, what do they do with a player like Antoine Griezmann, who I do want to talk about in a moment? Um, how do you rebuild this team when you have five or six positions of need and you don't have the money that like Man City or Man United or Liverpool or Chelsea have? Like it's it, it's tough. And I, I know we've been kind of piling on here, but Atleti are seven one and one in the last nine league games. Like this has been a pretty good run of form, and by and large they have played pretty well. Rel- uh, certainly relative to the first five, six months of the season. Uh, r- relative to that, they played pretty well over the last six, seven weeks. But, yeah, the, the, the Granada result was really bad. And, and you mentioned um, a couple things 
that I, that I did want to kind of point out and discuss a little bit more. Uh, the loyalty and the injuries and the loyalty. Like, it's, it's very weird that Profe Ortega and his medical staff are still in charge when we Atleti have had multiple seasons of 30, 40 injuries. The one season out of the last five where Atletico were relatively healthy and maintained a clean bill of health, relatively speaking, they won the league. Like, I don't think that's a coincidence. This team healthy can, can challenge for, for domestic honors, but... Uh, for a, a whole host of reasons, they haven't had that chance this year. And I, I think a new medical staff or a new approach to sports science and medicine is absolutely needed. Like, Premier League teams are, generally speaking, a lot fitter than their Spanish counterparts. Like, part of Madrid's success this year is because Ancelotti brought back Pintos, and they've avoided major injuries. They've stayed healthy, and that's why they're going to win the league by 15 points. So I think Atletico as a club, and I don't think they're going to do this, but they really should, uh, they really should reevaluate the sports science department and their physiotherapy departments. And and, and another thing is, is the loyalty. Um, how are guys like Koke and Griezmann and DePaul and Llorente still starting here? Is it, it, It's not really, to me, based on merit. It's more that, especially in, in the case of the first two, Koke and Griezmann, these are Cholo's guys. These have been guys who have been with him for years. And he trusts them and he values them immensely and he rewards them by starting them when they probably don't deserve it like it's it's a scary thought that Atletico are going to trigger Griezmann's 40 million option next year when he's going on his age 33 season and he already looks like he's kind of getting past it yeah I, I I don't really know what's going on with uh, Griezmann but I just genu- I genuinely think man that it doesn't matter who they sign it doesn't matter because like the, the point about Real Madrid not avoiding injuries like that's uh, that's that's not not true though because they played with Lucas Vasquez are right back for ages this season. Yeah, but Nacho. Lucas is pretty good, though. Uh, yeah, but man, like, within the context of Real Madrid, you put him on Atletico's team, and I can guarantee he'd be just another player. You put Nacho in in, in Atletico's team, and he would look like he would be awful. Like uh, you know, and 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 I and I, I do get that they've got like that midfield that's just incredible. Like I get that there has been injuries, but I don't know, man. I just I just think like. Uh, I mean, I don't know who. You, I think it doesn't matter who you sign because, uh, like, I just, I just, uh, I just think that unless you do come up with a, a new owner who is going to pump five hundred million into the squad and buy whoever, I genuinely think it doesn't. It, 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 a the players who can make a difference regardless of the system aren't available with the with the funds and b any player who's kind of on the borderline is going to just uh, is just going to uh, become just another player under 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 Simeone like i mean and and, and i get that Jimenez and Savage who are you signing and, and I, I know Jimenez is injured but he's he's played a good few games. I know he was injured for the, the start. Yeah, that, that's the story of Jimenez's Atletico career. Is, oh, he was really good here, but he was really injured here. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, I don't know. Like, I mean, yeah, a number five would help. A, a, a world-class number five. But why don't you coach the players you have to, or, or give them a system that – or figure out a system that, you know, that, that, that accentuates their skills rather than um, – Rather than, you know, attack, okay? And I understand Luis Suarez is, is, is off the boil now, and, and, and I, I completely get that, and I'm not saying... All, <laughs> I've been saying Luis Suarez was an issue for Atletico all, all season. Oh, I can't practically turn around all season. Like, yeah, why two, don't you two, play Suarez? To your credit, you've been on but that like, all season. 
No, but like you look at Luis Suarez, Joe Felix, Angel Correa, uh, Antoine Griezmann. Who, who are you signing? Who are you signing that's going to make you? Uh, Cunha, 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 who who came from Germany and and it's a perfect style and who has who who has five goals and five assists uh, this season. Uh, it just just changes the team and yet he can't play for some reason yeah I, I really play. don't know why Suarez gets 45 minutes on Wednesday when he can barely move anymore and Cunha only gets 20 and in those 20 minutes Cunha hits the post and could have won Atletico the game like he is Cunha is far more effective in these short bursts than Suarez is in nearly twice the minutes like why doesn't Cunha play more yeah but play Cunha in general like I mean yeah. he's been so dangerous uh, yeah, I agree. And, and, and the reason why Griezmann starts is because Griezmann is Willing to do more for the team, and it's just like play your best attacking lineup and let them go. And and also like, um, the Carrasco, Marcus Llorente, you're you're not getting a better right midfielder or mid general midfielder than him. And look, I I know that there is an asterisk on this because he has been moved back to right back, and the whole thing is messed up. But Versalco played well there for a long time, and they signed Renillo, and and they've got like. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I just genuinely think that no matter who you put there, it's going to be the same story. Mm. What, what I think they're going to do with a guy like Versalco, for example, um, given how many needs are in the squad and given that we don't know what player sales are going to be, again, we don't even know if they're going to get into the Champions League. What I think they might do is they might give short-term extensions, like year, like one-year extensions to Felipe and Versalco, possibly, if not probably, at reduced salaries. Uh, and they'll just convert Versalco to a center back because he can do a job there at right center back. At this point in his career, he just, because of the knee injuries, he just doesn't have the athleticism to bound up and down the flank. Atletico must sign a right back this summer. Like, that is painfully obvious when Marco Sorrente plays at right wing back and just doesn't do what is needed because it's not fair to him to continue playing him there. But Simeone has not found a solution, and the club hasn't found a solution either. So they need to sign a... a if not a top quality right back this summer, someone who can become that because it's just painful to watch Llorente wasted out there. Like he's going to end this season without a single goal, man. He scored 13 of them last year. Yeah. And, and, and you, you, you text me about Rodrigo de Paul, but it's the same as that. Like, DePaul, and, and yeah. I completely understand that he, I do understand that he hasn't, uh, he hasn't offered as much as Atletico might have liked, but again, it's the same, put him into positions where he can, he can, do something um, and I, I just think that yeah I, I don't know and again we don't have an, a, an alternative universe to to, to, to to see what he would be like in a better team right now but I mean he was he he was signed he, he's kind of playing being moved around and stuff and and uh, yeah it's, it's, it's actually kind of gone back to the point where uh, what was happening a lot at the start of the season where Simeone would start with an 11 at halftime be a goal down and change the whole thing and then oh yeah well done got a draw or got snuck a 2-1 win it's gone back to that where he's starting with a team and then a cha- wholesale changes then at some point because it's just not working and uh, yeah which speaks to me uh, which speaks to uh, an issue with not really actually knowing what you what you're looking for and what you're doing and it's just a completely reactive strategy uh, to, to to kind of what what happens rather than this is how we play and we're we're we're, we're we'll beat you in ninety minutes we'll beat you 
and obviously you'll make tweaks as you go along but it doesn't require wholesale change in the middle of a game reacting to how the game has gone and I just think that that's what Atletico become yeah and it seems like that confidence in the system that confidence in the playing style has kind of vacillated throughout the season and when Atletico have really bought into it and leaned into it that's what that's keyed their best runs of form when they haven't or when they've been fatigued or tired or they haven't had just a couple of players you get results like yesterday. I like. I still don't think that that should have been a draw. Like, Letty needed to have a win there, uh, just for like the sake of tranquility, for like peace of mind. Um, and in the Atletico multiverse, Robbie Rodrigo De Paul probably has seven goals and ten assists this season. But in in this one, he's got a couple of goals, a couple of assists, and just a bunch of kind of dud performances. And no, I I, I don't mean to sound like I'm just piling on because I I did message you yesterday. Like, what is this guy doing here? But like like. It hasn't been all DePaul's fault, right? The midfield has been pretty bad most of the season, and Atleti need to fix that in the summer. Uh, but DePaul individually just hasn't looked like a player really good enough to to play for Atleti, to play at an elite level. He just doesn't really look like that guy to me. Like, he's really strong and powerful, well-built, really good with the ball at his feet, but these runs with the ball at his feet don't really go anywhere. And his set-piece deliveries are off. Uh, his... His passing vision is good, but the execution is erratic. I don't know, like, and that was the most expensive signing in La Liga last summer, making it look even worse. Yeah, but 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 I do think he, he has shown the technical ability to to, to and, and I could see why Simeone wanted him. Yeah. But I, I but I do think I do think that playing under Simeone and playing in that kind of style and being involved in these intense uh, games. His worst traits do come out, and 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 that's what we have seen this season, where kind of fighting and scrappy and late and and and, and that, and they can be they can be uh, strengths when you're when you're when you're on the front foot and you're playing well and you're you've got that kind of grit and you're 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 willing to kind of throw yourself about. The problem is when that's all you have, uh, that that's an issue. But I but he like he 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 found um. I think it was Koke last night with a lovely ball, and and he he does have that kind of bends those balls around the defence, and uh, and and I think he's got um he does have that in his locker, and I think that just but but also given the energy, like uh, someone like a uh, say a Frank Lampard or something like that, uh, Diego Dor, like uh, someone who arrives late in the box, you don't even have to be technically that good, just arrive at the right time and and get your foot on a, on a shot but uh, Atletico just can't seem to create those opportunities for him so he hasn't really been given a chance to and yeah. even when he does he's kind of played out in the right and he's out he's not central and I, and I think he's probably better off in a central role and while he's pushing forward he's also thinking I'm going to have to defend here and I, he's never really been free to just go and play um, yeah it, it's actually interesting to see Maybe I haven't seen him with Argentina that often, but uh, yeah, see how he plays with them, and, and maybe yeah, like I mean, I didn't see him at Udinese, but um, that, but uh, yeah, I, I just I don't think Atletico have seen the best of him for sure, but I do think that he he does have the he has shown that he does have the technical ability and uh, mixed with that more aggressive, uh, uh, more those aggressive qualities. What else from yesterday? Um, yeah, as I said, I thought Serrano was really good, but he's 19, and he was hooked at halftime. He probably doesn't have a role in the first team next year, but he, he has the look of a pretty good midfield prospect. I thought Hermoso played really well, too. He's probably going to be gone in the summer, but I thought he played well yesterday, his first start in over two months. 
Like I think, I think it's pretty telling, Robbie, that Simeone prefers Felipe over Hermoso with both defenders at at the level they're at. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't get the Felipe trust, but I guess he's he's kind of struggling. But at the same time, like Felipe played in his first season with Atletico was excellent. He was great, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, he just kind of lost the head somewhere around the middle of this season and just couldn't figure out the back three. And since then, the confidence. And I, I'm like, I mean, I, I don't think that we, we, I don't think that we do give enough credit to to confidence and how, how like, the, the emo- how um, players feel emotionally. Like, I mean, I think we see a completely different Rodrigo de Paul in a more, uh, in a more open style with with less pressure on once that pressure came on Atletico realised this isn't going right I think everyone froze the whole like the only player who seemed to be liberated by it was Joe Felix <laughs> and mm. that was just because he's got that little bit of quality but everyone froze the whole Philippe, Felipe Marcos Llorente is, is snapping at crosses and just not himself and kind of getting more angry than he usually gets and uh Savage, all black. I mean, all black's form just fell off a cliff because of that nervousness. And um, yeah, uh, Rodrigo de Paul, the same. You know, uh, Luis Suarez is kind of always like that. So I, I think that's just the way he plays. But I mean, yeah, I, I just don't. I don't really know what the environment is like there and and how the, the players feel and the effect that that's had on their performance too. Because like we saw and, and like we've seen. The first ten minutes are fine, and the team is flow. Oh, wow, this is amazing! And in ten minutes, the the doubts start to creep in. It's like, okay, we, we couldn't break them down, and, and you start to doubt yourself. And I know it's kind of uh, 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 kind of an ethereal problem, but it's it's um it's a very real one, and I think that it's hard to quantify, but it's it definitely exists. Yeah, I mean, I watched Marcos Llorente in the final third, and this is a guy who. To me, at least, like I've never played football at a professional level, but this is a guy who looks really short on confidence. He looks really unsure of what it is he needs to do or should do in the final third to play that final pass or go for goal. He looks just that little bit more hesitant, and that little bit of hesitation or nerves, that's the difference between scoring a dozen goals in the league and none this year. Like, he was a very confident and explosive and assured player last year, and we haven't seen any of that this year. Um, and I, I wonder if, with a, a new right back in tow, that we see it again next year. I'd let you better hope so, because they gave him a contract in 2027. But I don't know. There, there's a lot still to be determined in these final five games, Robbie, um, not least of which is the top four positioning. I'm watching Levante Sevilla right now, and Sevilla just went 1-0 up there. Uh, so as it stands, Atleti will slip to third. They could be fourth by the end of the night if Barca uh, beat La Real. So plenty still up for grabs, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's see. Um, uh, the and and it's going to be interesting. It's 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 really tight there with Real Sociedad, even possibly Villarreal making a making a late push. But uh, yeah, it's it, it'll be interesting to see, and we'll. Um, and and I I, I thank I'm, I'm thankful for the fact that it is going to be exciting and it gives us something to really look forward to and watch. But uh, yeah, it's um it's it's uh, just on on the Atletico side. It's like they probably should be clear by now, you know. Yeah, yeah, they should. Uh, last thing I want to talk about today. Um, not spend too much time on this, but we do have to at least acknowledge it because this is a Spanish football podcast and this is a huge story in Spanish football. The uh, the stack of of leaks 
Robbie, the Supercopa leaks that have the Supercopa files from El Confidencial detailing conversations between Spanish Football Federation President Luis Rubiales and Barcelona center back Gerard Pique. Um, Robbie, you're in Madrid right now. You have a, a pretty solid... Oh, Levante equalized, I think. No, it's going to be offside. Uh, but y- you've got a, a pretty solid grasp on the cultural significance and reaction to this. What are your thoughts on what we've learned, what's been divulged over the past three, four days? Yeah, basically that um, in, in one way, I, I find it very strange because PK came out and just, he's saying he's proud of this deal. And I just, I don't know, I, I've never seen anything like this. Um, <laughs> in, in, in terms of uh, uh, an active player, Talking to uh, Luis Rubiales, the president of the federation, about um, about uh, brokering deals to bring the Supercopa to Saudi Arabia, um, and 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 then I was I was thinking this is this is it. Like I mean, he's gonna have to. I, I don't know what he's gonna have to do, but he, like I, I, yeah, I didn't even know. I didn't even contemplate what what's gonna happen here. But I thought it's gonna be all dealt with through lawyers and it's going to be it'll kind of be swept under the rug and it'll appear every couple of months talking about it. PK says I'm going on Twitch uh, Twitch to talk about this after the game Barcelona lost to Cadiz and I was like is this actually real life here He's <laughs> T- just, timing is everything like, <laughs> yeah and, 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 and he, he just was like I'm proud of what happened you know and just that relationship but then again I, I do think that uh, and this is the cynic in me saying like this is the way it is and uh, yeah I, I like I, I could understand Rubiales is um, Rubiales is uh, sacking uh, like I could understand the principle behind why he sacked Julian Lopetegui before the World Cup but now I'm starting to think of it like was it was it a was it a, an ego thing or has he has does he have a vendetta against Real Madrid and and, and and then we heard more links coming out with PK and stuff like that, and I just it just it just it just makes me really uncomfortable to think that an active player and Rich, Rich Martin who, who writes for writers uh, or who used to write I think he writes the Daily Mail now he used to cover Spanish football maybe still does I'm not sure but uh, he said like can you imagine Harry Maguire brokering a deal with the FA to bring the community shield the charity shield to Saudi Arabia like, that's that's the equivalent bizarre. That's, that's the equivalent yeah. Exactly, and and, and I, I I don't know. Like I mean, there's something doesn't sit well with me with PK talking about him being a big businessman when like he's still an active player. Like how do you, how yeah. do these interests not conflict? That that's the crazy thing to me. You know what it's like. Um, do you remember the Sopranos episode where Johnny Sack is furiously trying to get a hit organized on Ralph Cifaretto? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep. Uh, so, for context, for those of you who are not Sopranos aficionados, it's been 20 years. They're going to be spoilers. Big deal. Um, Johnny Sack is part of the Lubertazzi crime family in New York. And Ralph Zifretto was part of the Soprano crew in New Jersey. Ralph made a very hurtful remark about Johnny Sack's wife, Ginny, based on her weight and body image. Uh, John hears about the remark and is absolutely incensed. He's furious. He goes to his boss, Carmine Lubertazzi, and asks to sanction a hit on him. And Carmine says, I won't do that. There's too much money at stake because it turns out Ralph is the point man for, uh, what was it, the Esplanade project that the Soprano and Lupertazzi families are working on slash siphoning money from. 
there are millions of dollars at stake and Ralph's responsibility is to manage the accounts to, you know, steal money from them and to enrich the Soprano crew and the Lupertazzi family. That's what this reminded me of. There are millions of dollars at stake. So we can't risk, say, Barca or Madrid missing out on the Supercopa because there's a financial penalty if one or both of them miss out. And like, even if it's not 100% true, right? Even if there is some portion of this that is not entirely true, just the fact that that perception exists and it is true on some level that the Federation oversees the refereeing committee and that there are financial penalties if Barca and or Madrid do not make it to the Supercopa in Saudi Arabia. Just the perception of that conflict of interest, of that inherent bias, is enough to like make your skin crawl, you know? And it needs to be yeah, and, immediately addressed. And and also, like you, we, we talk about conspiracy. Oh, there's no conspiracy theory. But then you hear how chummy these guys are, and you kind of wonder, like, you what is being said? Yeah. You know, against, I don't know, against who or against what, but like, you do wonder, like, some of the stuff that goes on and. I don't know, like, you know, it, it, it would bring the cynic out in you, and then, um, but it was the same, I don't know, man, I just I just find it really strange that, and I don't want to speak for all Spanish football fans, because obviously there's loads of them, and, and there is, there's, there's a, a it's, it's, it's weird, football is weird in general, like, how can, you look at Bayern Munich and the Bundesliga, how is that even considered a competition anymore? Yeah, how you, you win and, the league 10 years in a row? yeah. I mean, like, and, and then you look at Real Madrid and Barcelona, like, the, the, the financial disparities are just ridiculous. And, and, and I think that uh, you look at the, uh, like, I, I know a lot of Real Madrid fans here and uh, in, in Spain, and the majority of them I spoke to after the Super League thing, it was kind of like, they were looking at me like, why, what's wrong, why is he upset? What's wrong they with were you? Like, this, is a, this, this, this is like a natural, they were like, oh, no, no, it's really smart by Perez, it's like a natural progression. And a lot of Spanish football fans were like, yeah, well, this is just kind of basically confirmation of what we already knew, that Real Madrid are, in fact, in a different league. Right. And it's, um, like, they're, and this is, they're a Spanish institution. And this, this is, and that's, it's, it's an institution. And this comes back to, it, it just flows through the whole of Spanish culture. You meet people from, I went to a game with a friend of mine who's from Albacete, okay? He's an Albacete fan, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and, and I had a spare ticket to Rayo Vallecano versus Real Madrid a couple of years ago when Rayo bet them. And we went to that game. And he was like, he's a Real Madrid, he's an Albacete fan, and he's a Real Madrid fan. And he was there cheering on Real Madrid, and he was upset because Rayo, and I was like, man, can you not see the magic here? And he was like, no, no, I want Real Madrid to beat Rayo. I was like, man, how? Like, but it's, it's, a, it's, it's a sign of Spanishness. It's, and, and this is part of why the Garrett Bale thing stings so much Yeah. because when him disrespecting Real Madrid is not just him disrespecting a football club he is disrespecting Spain yeah. and, 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 and the people of Spain and that's the way that it that's the way that it is here like you know and, and that's it's incredible and, I, and, and what a country I love this place and I, I love them um, I love the it's so rich in history and it's so fascinating for me to look at this i mean i'm from ireland where we don't um but my, my main sport is gaelic football so i'm not even like i grew up gaelic football is my in my house it's all we talk about and um, so i'm not even really like like i see a lot of english uh 
fans in there grew up and like there they see the Premier League as something different than what I see it and what I experienced it as um, and for me it's just fascinating to see the way the La Liga even for example like the, the Spanish Cup of Del Rey final okay you uh, there was no date set for, or, sorry there was no time set for that up until recently mm-hmm. can you imagine if Leicester City Leicester City and um Leicester City and Everton or Leicester City and Everton yeah were playing in the FA Cup final and there was just like no and, and, it, and it was like and, and it was in a different part of the of the country and there was no time set for it there'd be riots on the streets we want to get to the game we're, we're organising fan buses to, it's just a complete lack of respect and it's kind of like an acceptance and this is back to the point about PK where it's just kind of like yeah, but like what? What? What are we gonna do? Like, and it's 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 a learned helplessness, and I don't think that there's some big strategy by the powers that be in football dash uh, to 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 weaken the fans' resolve. But slowly but surely, it gets taken away from you and gets taken away from you, and you wake up one day and you realise we have no say here whatsoever. Right. And we saw that with the Super League, and we're seeing it now. If that happens in in the Premier League in England, where where fan culture is still really, really, really strong, they're they're they're, they're protesting. They're, you you wouldn't you wouldn't really like. I mean, you, and any club that does have a group of fans, for example, Rio, who protest against their their um, against the the owners, are are treated with pure and utter disdain, and and. Uh, Discrimination, almost. No, I don't want to go Rubiales here and say, "Look, they could, they, um, I, I could end up mafioso after me." <laughs> but like, they're they're Rayo fans are treated with disdain because they want better for their club. Um, How dare they? Have been treated with disdain. Yeah, and and it's just like, and and I think it's a learned helplessness that the fans have kind of. Yeah, and 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 yeah, I, I I don't know, and it's fascinating. It's, it's worth a case study in itself, but uh, um, it's um, it's interesting to see the differences between between different the the responses to the Super League to the responses to PK, and and then it's so divided. Then it's so completely divided that uh, Barcelona fans are going to be like, oh, PK is right, and Real Madrid fans are just using this now to. Oh, PK is yeah. This is what we always, you know. I don't know. And, I, and to be honest with you, the other thing is, I don't. Even, I don't even know if it's legal. I, I'm guessing it's not. Le- sorry, it's not illegal. It's or just it's unethical. It. I think. Um, I think Rubiales sorry, said. I think yeah. Rubiales said that yesterday. Like it's not illegal, but it it might not be ethical. Like that is the entire point. Like this is is this not like the boilerplate definition of corruption? Like is this not like corporate corruption? Like this is people in these positions of power, like Rubiales and PK. They have so much of it that they are going to weaponize it and, and use it to disadvantage fans of 90% of La Liga's clubs. Like, if you are not a Madrid or Barcelona fan, this sucks for you. And I, I find it funny that Madridistas on social media are like, we should boycott the Supercopa. But your club is directly benefiting from it to the tune of 8 million euro. The, yeah. the, the various takes the, on this are just very interesting. And that's and that's the that's the um, and that's the power that Real Madrid have, and they do, and and and, and the league knows that. Um, but I just wonder if fans of um, if fans of uh, the other clubs would prefer a league without them. Just go on, Real Madrid, Barcelona, let it go. Go, go on ahead, and and the rest is and it's an actual competition where anyone could win it. Mm-hmm. For me, that's bored. For me, that's that's. 
competition. Like, uh, hey, yeah, Real, Real know, Madrid, man. Real Madrid can play can pay their players nearly four times as much as anyone else in Spain. Like that, that is an inherent inequality in the competition. It doesn't condition the competition necessarily, but it can. It is an inherent and, it's, it's and intrinsic it's, advantage. It's bizarre that a country like America, where unionizing was ba- is basically like outlawed and it was it, uh, creating a union in, in, in a lot of places is considered the dirtiest thing you can do like the mm-hmm. like unions are are, are are spat upon and and they've got like a salary cap in in a league that, that's that's built it's built on socialist values where everyone gets a fair crack and you you have to start from the bottom and uh, if you if you're the best or not start from the bottom sorry you uh, you're everyone's equal. It's absolutely weird. And then you get Europe, um, and Spain, uh, and and England, and uh, uh, where tradition traditionally strong uh, unions. Madrid was one of the one of the strong strongholds of, of unions uh, back in the nineteen thirties. Anyway, um, they had a strong union culture, uh, and and and. There's, football is just completely, just completely uh, unfair advantages everywhere. So anyway, well, um, I, I think that was one of the more interesting conversations we have had uh, in on the show this season, Robbie. That was awesome, um, and I and I dare say this is probably our best episode of the season. Yeah, right when Athletic are tanking, we're just warming up. <laughs> we are just loosening up, talking about labor and talking about the relationship between capital and and workers. The Sopranos, oh, it's awesome. guys getting hit. We're ordering hits on people. <laughs> we are running the gamut here, man. I love it. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. Dare I say, this is one of the best, if not the best, episodes we've done all year. And we'll look to do it again after Atletico's next game, Robbie. They go to San Mames. Oi. Uh, to kick off the, this final slate of games here, these five finals they have. Uh, Athletic are currently you know, solidly mid-table, as they usually are. Uh, 32 goals conceded from 32 games. Their defense has slipped slightly in recent weeks. Uh, they have been snake bit in front of goal for a good chunk of this season. Uh, Simeone-Marcelino games tend to be pretty low scoring. They tend to be really tight, intense, competitive. Uh, and going to San Mames late in the season, ooh, that's that's going to be a toughie. And that is uh, next Saturday, I believe. That is a, a late Saturday kickoff. Yeah, yeah, let's see, because Atletico, Atletico are really good, and Marcelino tends to know how to play against Simeone too, and they'll give, them, they'll give them a run for their money. Yeah, they usually do. And we will be back to talk about that game and all its glory or lack thereof. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, Robbie, thank you so much for hopping on this edition of the show. No problem. We we had missed a couple of weeks, so uh, or a couple of uh, podcasts after after a couple of games there. So I wanted to come in and and not pull any punches on this one. So. Oh, you were you were well prepared, my friend. <laughs> well, <I'll, laughs> good stuff, man. No worries. We'll chat to you soon. Yeah, we will uh, chat again around the time of the athletic game. Uh, in the meantime, thank you all for listening and for your continued support. Follow us on social media and on Patreon, patreon.com slash Chat. I'll be announcing some new reward some tweaks to the uh, benefits on offer at the end of the month. In addition, you can uh, subscribe to the Atletico Madrid Podcast Network on Spotify where you can get access to all the latest episodes of this program, Coach Nero Chat, and our sister show, the Partido a Partido Podcast. We'll talk to you all again soon.
Adiós.